shock. Jennifer could conceivably encounter her future self. The consequences of that could be disastrous. Doc, what do you mean? I foresee two possibilities. One, coming face to face with herself 30 years older would put her into shock and she'd simply pass out. Or two, the encounter could create a time paradox, the results of which could cause a chain reaction that would unravel the very fabric of the space-time continuum and destroy the entire universe. Granted, that's a worst-case scenario. The destruction might, in fact, be very localized, limited to merely our own galaxy. Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, G. Simon. I am Harrison. Harrison, uh, did you uh, make it to the the Rose McGowan estate sale today? I did. I did. I got up early in the morning and I fucking went over there. You got to be early at those things, right? Yeah, I tried to get there first, but I I couldn't. I I got there at like nine. What what time? Wow, nine o'clock. What time do you get up these days? It varies. Wow. Depends on what's going on. Did you set an alarm specifically to get up for this? I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I mean, honestly, I've been having mania lately, so I don't sleep that well these days. So I tend to wake up early anyway. Alright, so yeah. it wasn't you know what uh, you you texted me a link to it. Yeah. And I was reading about it and there's some I mean, it looked kinda cool. I mean she was yeah. selling her fucking Porsche. Yeah. And, and then a bunch, then a bunch of, of like mid century type shit. Yeah. A bunch of furniture, clothes, a lot of clothes and shoes and fucking you know, some stuff was cheap a lot of stuff was like kind of expensive overpriced. Some stuff was weirdly cheap. Just like if you want some of her shirts, they're fucking five dollars or whatever, you know. Wow. Yeah. Um, Where was it at her home? Yeah, her house in um, Hollywood Hills. What does it look like? Is it like a? It's in a very nice house. Like a two-story, four yeah. or five bedroom. You've seen home these houses over yeah, there. Yeah. You know how they look. Overlooking the hill. With yeah, the with deck a nice and all that. patio in the back and a hill and it's the whole thing. And did she still own the house or is she moving? Why? Why? I think uh, she sold the house. Why the estate? The sale? weird thing though was I. It's weird because I saw it. And I'm like, is she dead? What's going on? Because it's like she's selling the house, but it's like not only is she selling the house, she's getting rid of everything in it. Okay. God, that's weird. Like, I, everything must go. You know. You want her fucking, you know, uh, you know, DVD collection of the first four seasons of Bones. It's yours, buddy. You know, like, <laughs> go ahead and buy it. Like, everything, you know. She's just so, selling everything in that house I saw some guy fresh. coming out with, like, a VHS copy of Scream. <laughs> it's like a whole bunch of bullshit, you know. And um, just a lot of weird random shit. She had a, a jewel-encrusted riding crop that I wanted, but it was, like, $150. And I'm like, oh. I'm not paying that much for that shit. Okay, I wonder where that. She had been. a jawbreaker from the movie Jawbreaker, but that was a hundred dollars. I don't want to pay a hundred dollars for that. Yeah, I imagine she. Yeah. I wonder where she's selling all this stuff. It's odd. Well, she, I don't know if, she, if you noticed, but she's kind of like lost yeah, her mind. A yeah, bit. she's kind of a bit mental. Um, you're, you're kind she, of obsessed with her these days. I, I am a little bit because um, her it's it's she's kind of like having um. I guess it's, it's. I guess it's more of a, a, a socially self righteous equivalent to the the Charlie Sheen mania. 
you know. Well, it's kind of a public meltdown, meltdown. She's, she's been yeah. having. Because there was this thing that happened. I don't know if I sent you the video. The, in the, the, the bookstore? Yeah, in the bookstore. Yeah, you, we, we watched yeah. it. You told yeah. me about the it. The weird trans girl was well, like. Well, what happened with that? Uh, she, was, she, was doing a, she was doing all these book events, book signings and readings at different bookstores. And she did it, you know, and um, this one trans girl in the audience was like what have you done for trans people and was yelling at her like what have you done for trans people you done- was it like a me too like you're talking me too but why not trans too something like that, that okay, i think all right god trans there was, people always want to be included there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't a lot of like logic to either yeah like it was weird because it's i don't know why you would ask her that it doesn't really make a lot of sense well you'd think they would be included i right. mean of course it's a given but it's like what what have you done for trans? I don't know. It's not like she's a f- fucking senator or some shit. She's just yeah. Rose McGowan. She wrote a book. She acted in tor- Charmed. What is she supposed to do for trans people? <laughs> she has I a nice know. house. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's like asking your aunt, like, what have you done for... I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, and, and Rose McGowan and she, uh, the, the, the trans person got thrown out eventually. But Rose McGowan was just like, everyone was trying to calm her down in the audience. Like, hey, don't worry about it. And she just like freaked the fuck out screaming and and just and, and she totally it went off on her I yeah she that, totally yeah. lost the audience because she just started saying all this crazy shit and uh the audience just like oh okay after that that was her last book event because the thing about book events and i have a friend of mine who does a lot of book events because he fucking writes books and shit there's gonna be some crazy freak in the audience oh, yeah. that's gonna ask you something insane something or yell at you or whatever and you just have to be able to handle it gracefully she cannot handle that and unfortunately yeah. it was for her it was yeah. recorded i think she blamed she blamed barnes and noble she blamed her publicist for not like i don't know beating that person to death for daring to ask her a stupid question well, she, you know when did, when did she kind of have a britney type meltdown because she shaved her head yeah yeah you know not that long ago well she she's she she says a lot of messianic things on her on her twitter um and uh and a lot of people ask her like a lot of people tweet stuff at her like you know you took money for silence so you can't you know it's like eh, why is she not gonna take money come on who I mean, wants yeah. who doesn't want money exactly anyway, like uh <laughs> so but anyway she's in a weird position she's having some kind of meltdown um long story short i got her copy of narcotics the narcotics anonymous big book <laughs> From her library. <laughs> Were there any little I was like, looking at her annotations books? or notes in it? No, there aren't. Oh, okay. I just, I, you only have my word that it's her <laughs> fucking copy of it. Because she got arrested for cocaine recently in oh, Virginia. She? Yeah, in the Virginia. Oh, wait, She's claiming that Harvey that, Weinstein yeah. planted it on her or something. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, it was like, I was looking at her books and it's like, Narcotics Anonymous, big book. I'm like, boom. Done deal. <laughs> what other books did she have in there that were She had some books about witches that I almost took. And then I realized she wasn't in the craft, so I didn't take... Oh, no, she was in Charmed. She was in Charmed. Okay. There's still witches. She only had one book about witches. I feel like you should have more books about witches if you were in Charmed. Yeah. God, that show was terrible. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she had a lot of crazy jewelry and art and really cool art. There was a lot of expensive art, too. Like, there was, like, the old sign from the Brown Derby where it's, like, the ladies' entrance and the old, like, RKO Pictures sign. Wow, that was how a, much was that? That didn't even have a price on it. That was like, yeah. make an offer, idiot. You know, because that shit was expensive. I wonder, I wonder if she's like moving somewhere, just starting over. If, it or if be. she's going to like, you know, I want to live in poverty amongst the people now. It was weird, though, because it was like, there was you had to sign a release when you went in there because they were also filming some stupid reality show about 
estate oh, sales. Yeah, not celebrity estate estate sales. And there were these weird like like they weren't really talking to the normal people that were going in there, but they were talking to these weird people that looked like they might have been hosts of the show or characters on the show hmm. that were dressed in these weird like stylish gym outfits and they, they didn't even look like human Tracks beings. Suits. They looked like people that were grown in a lab in Brentwood or something. It was just really <laughs> disturbing. But after that it was like I think I'm gonna become an estate sale guy. Yeah, well, I, was, I was about to say I'm like do we it. went I remember a while ago we went to yeah. Pamela DeBar's yeah. estate sale. She was one of the with the original rock groupies. But that was at like a small kind yeah. of like a smaller home in like Venice. I wanted to beat them all to death and steal the Maltese Falcon to be honest. That was what I was really <laughs> wanted to do at that time because they had that yeah, shit. Yeah, they in did there. have that yeah. there. But but, um, but if you were on top of it and if you have time, yeah. I mean there's like a ton of estate sales here. I mean so many yeah. old celebrities die. And if you go even if you go outside a little outside of LA, old people die. They have a lot of weird shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I was looking at some of them like I didn't feel like going to one at Rosemead that just had all this old crazy nonsense, you know. And I went to one. I went to one on the way back here. It was just some weird old guy who died, and he just had stuff since like the 1940s. And I bought like a set of these stupid books that I knew. I saw them, and I'm like, I know these are worth something. It's just these awful pulp books from the 70s called Casca, hmm. and there was a 22 set book. 22 sets of these books and it's it's Casca the eternal mercenary and he's Casca Longinus Roman soldier who stabs Jesus when he's on the cross he's the one with the spear of destiny yeah Yeah. so then Jesus is like oh fuck you you're gonna live forever now idiot and you're going to be a soldier forever. So he just, all the books are just like him fighting in different wars. Is he a history. badass? Yeah. Like it's through history. Yeah. And he can't die. Who does he so, work for? Uh, he's in Nam. He oh. fights Attila the Hun. He's, you know, he's fights the Aztecs for some reason at some point. He's just like going, you know, <laughs> what history. year are these books from? The late seventies. Late seventies. Yeah. All right. He's, he's, he's going, he's taking everybody to bed. You know, he's, he's, he's in Da Nang. He's in this shit, man. Charlie's out there. It's real hairy, you know. And then here comes Roman emperor guy just stabbing fools. Just stabbing everybody. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I do love when people take, uh, you know, when someone's like a public domain character like that, like Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter or something like you can just do something with these characters. But it's. I got them all for 20 bucks. That's not bad. I saw recently somebody sold the whole set on eBay for 300. Well, so it's like boom, baby. You should, you should bust those out at your Oscars party tomorrow. Oh yes, it's, yeah, it's that's right. Don't, don't <laughs> You're really having another Oscars party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I fucking hate the Oscars. I went down to. Uh, we went to. I think I was in rehab the last time that was I in rehab. The last time there was an Oscars party. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, last last, last year around this time yep. you're in rehab. Yeah, thankfully. When uh, yeah. so we went uh, we went down to ArcLight on Thursday to go see that movie Annihilation, which okay. if you haven't seen, it, it's a good movie. Is it totally a good movie? All you right. should definitely go check it out. Yeah. It's a great movie. I'm not going to say anything else about it. The less you know about that movie, the better. Okay. But anyway, we went down there. Fucking half the roads in Hollywood are closed. You couldn't park in the ArcLight parking structure because oh, yeah. they're doing some event across the street. And I was just like, "Fuck this, dude." Hmm. Fuck the Oscars. I yeah. say it every year, but fuck the fucking Oscars. Do these people need accolades anymore? Hmm. Do, I mean, do they need anything else to get $100,000 gift bags? They're beautiful. They, they, these fucking like charm lives. Fuck those people. Somebody asked me to go to a viewing thing, and it's like, followed by a dance party. And I'm like, I can't even tell you how much I will never go to that. It's just not, <laughs> never happening. Just don't invite Harrison yeah. to your Oscars party. Yeah, Or you, any kind of a thing that, that, that's called a dance party. 
I'm out. I'm if out. you were Harvey Weinstein, would you just crash it, like crash the Manny Fair Oscars party I just would. to see what happens? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. roll in with your crew, like, yeah, what's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I fucked you. I fucked you. Yeah. <laughs> Diddle do. Um, and I jerked yeah. off in your plant. Yeah. Remember that. And I didn't shave before I came. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Um, Steele, yeah. Steel, John Steele actually uh, uh, texted me the other day. He was like, you should, uh, it was early too. It was like at 7.30 in the morning. But uh, he, which must be like ten thirty Michigan time. But he was just like, you should put on your robe and slippers and head down to Hollywood and check out the Weinstein statue that yeah. someone put up by the Are Oscars. You, I just heard about that. I know. I you know, if I had time, I'd be a good fucking work. So I have time to go do that. But apparently, it was only up for like a day. I said they took it down because of the rain or something. Yeah, right. It was right by yeah. the the where they do the Oscars mm-hmm. at the Man's Chinese Theater and all that. Um, they, they do it there, right? Is the Man's Chinese I don't Theater? Know. I forget what they do. But anyway, yes, I think so. I think they it? do. I forget, but I know they do. Because when you, if you ever go to like Hollywood Highland to get out of the subway, there's all the giant statues and all and that shit, shit going, and they yeah. block off the whole street. Yeah. Well, somebody, some like prankster, I don't know if it's Banksy or one of Banksy's cohorts, right? But they they put up like a couch with just this golden mm. statue of Harvey Weinstein. Not only is he a prankster, but he's also a studio gangster, I hear. A studio gangster. Yeah. I, I imagine that. But it, yeah, it was short-lived. It was only up for like, I don't know, maybe a couple of days. All so right. I missed that one. Hmm. But pretty funny, though, to do it right outside where half the actresses were diddled by the man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it makes a good point. I yeah, don't know I th- what point it so makes, too. to be honest, I but I'm sure it makes a good point. But uh, it's funny that John Steele uh, would send that to me because I was like, wow, this guy's really on top of things. Because <laughs> I, I kind of feel like John Steele yeah. is sort of like a time traveler. Okay. Don't you think so? Yes, he is. He's like, he's from the 80s. Like yeah. John Steele is just like, you yeah. meet John Steele now, he only talks about movies from the 80s. He still wears clothes that were popular in the 80s. Yeah. You know, his hair, well, lack thereof. But mm-hmm. if he did have hair, it would be a mullet. Like right. he, I think up until the point where he lost his hair, he still had a mullet, which is very pop, a very popular hairstyle from the 80s. So John Steele kind of seems like a guy who's traveled from the 80s and is stuck in this time now. Yeah. Doesn't understand it, can't relate to it, and wishes he was back in the 80s. He thought he, his retirement plan was just a bunch of jean jackets that he saved. <laughs> he thought he'd be able to sell them. <laughs> but it didn't work out that way. Yeah, But I... Uh, have you heard about this recent time traveler has been the news from the year 2043? I did read about that, yes. So this guy has claimed that World War Three is going to kick off later this year. Right. And that North Korea is going to be the country that starts it. Okay. He also says that, uh, that Los Angeles is going to be destroyed by an earthquake in 2022. But we're not destroyed by North Korea, apparently? Apparently not. Uh, okay. Maybe they go after San Francisco or something. All right. But uh, that, that's good to know. Or maybe we stop the missile and then we 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 launch some uh, some missiles uh, missiles over there. I'm surprised he didn't bring in Russia because Russia now. Did you see that announcement? Putin said that they have missiles that could destroy Florida. I did see that. My thing is like, go ahead. We don't really need Florida. Yeah. Why? Why Florida? Yeah. Why use that as an example? I, I have no idea. Yeah. But he said that they they always make like an yeah. animation. Well, they, he's like they're invincible. All fucking missiles are invincible. Like, they say that they have stuff that, like, oh, we can intercept them. They can't. Yeah. None of that shit works. No. You know? No. If anybody shoots a missile, we're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, I was like, you know, I should get this guy in the show. I should get this time traveling guy in the show. So I reached out, trying to find find out if I could contact him, get his, his information. And so I contacted this, this, uh, this site called Apex TV. 
I was like, hey, yeah, we want to talk to Mike Phillips, the uh, the time traveler has been that made that YouTube video. And he's like, ah, Mr. Phillips isn't doing interviews. But this guy is. Okay. And I was like, who? He's like, Alexander Smith. Alexander Smith is a time traveler who's been to the year 2118. Yeah. And back. And he's willing to talk about it. Hmm. So I was like, all right. Well, then uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Let's, let's get this guy uh, on the air. So I reached out to him. He was uh, down for being on the show. So uh, let's give Alexander Smith a call and find out what happens in the year 2118. All right. Alexander. Yes. It's uh, D. Simon here in Harrison calling from uh, Sick and Wrong. How you doing? I'm doing very good. Thanks for asking. How are you today? Doing, doing pretty doing good. Doing all right. Yeah. Doing all right. Thanks for uh, being on That's the show. Good. So, Alexander, Not- you've been uh, – I, I heard about you from uh, Apex TV uh, who told me yes. that you've actually traveled to the year 2118, 100 years into the future, and returned. So how long have you been in the present time? Well, I've been uh, in the present time since the year uh, 1981. I was part of a top secret experiment within the CIA in 1981 in which I visited the, the year 2118 and back. Okay, so you've only done it once or have you done it yes. several times? Okay, so one time. Once, one time. It was very uh, experimental technology. How old were you at the time? I don't want to give my exact age. Okay, fair enough. So um, how did you uh, end up being recruited for this operation or can you talk about that? Well, I I had previously uh, worked for the CIA. I cannot say my exact position, but I I previously worked for the CIA uh, previous to 1981. But in the year 1981, I was working as a car repairman um, in my local town. And again, I don't want to uh, disclose a location. Okay. Uh, but but I, I I remember the night as clear as day. I was watching television with my wife when I got a knock at the door. Uh, it was several men uh, wearing black suits. I went to answer the door, and they said uh, to come with them. Uh, you see, when I when I had previously worked for the CIA, they had they had me uh, sign some documents uh, saying that I would be a candidate for any experimental technology. So in 1981, they got me, and they took me to an underground base uh, somewhere on the East Coast. I I'm not exactly aware of where this was, but it was an underground base. And while while in the base, they showed me. They showed me a machine. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a rectangular prism of sorts, and there was a small bed on the very bottom right hand side of the machine in which I laid on, and they would actually slide me into what was essentially a slot. Now they sent me. Uh, we didn't know exactly when or where into the future there was a high risk of me possibly passing away during this operation, but and there was also the risk that in the future they would not have the technology to send me back into the past. Uh, hmm. But luckily, but luckily they did. Uh, that's the reason I'm able to talk with you here today. So, Alexander, um, how many people were you with when you were sent during this experiment, when you were sent to the future? I was sent alone. Okay, you were, you were by yourself. And so, yes. so, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. You had worked for the CIA, then you quit that 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 position and just was a car mechanic with your wife you became like a family yes. man and Correct. so then yes. they they found you because you had already signed up for this program and they're like hey we need you to uh to uh to travel through time refer a top secret experiment yes okay 
So how long were you in the year 2118? I was in the future for about, uh, I would estimate, maybe three to five hours. Okay. And yes. uh, what, what was it like? Were you still in the United States or where, where were you in the future? Well, I, I wasn't exactly sure of where I was. I woke up in a hospital bed. Now, on the left side of the hospital bed, there was a table. And this was the first thing I saw. The table was floating several feet off of the ground. And also the television in front of the, in front of the hospital bed in which I was laying was also floating several inches from the wall. Now, we don't have technology currently uh, that, can, that can do this. Mm-mm. Well, now, it's nice to know that they still have television in the year 2118. Well, I, I can get more into the entertainment uh, as well because I think I should just go. Uh, so I remember the nurse came into the room and she said, she asked me, so what year are you from? And I told her I'm from the year 1981. And I asked her, what year am I in? And she, and she says, sir, you're in the year 2118. Now, I assume it's uh, quite commonplace uh, for time travelers from the past to come into the future because the nurse was was not at all shocked by the she, fact that I was there. Hmm. She wasn't surprised at all. She's like, oh, we got another no. time traveler here. Yes. Did, did your handlers at the CIA give you instructions as to what you were supposed to do or find out when you got there? My, my instruction was to learn about the technology and my instruction was to take a picture um, and bring it back as evidence. So what did you take a picture of? So I, I had this uh, tracker on my wrist. Um, I assumed the hospital put it on and it was measuring all my vitals. I took the tracker off and I placed it on the table on the side of the hospital. And then I proceeded to walk out of the hospital. Nobody stopped me. I, I walked out and the hospital was about a quarter mile from the actual city. So when I was standing outside the city, I took my camera and I took a picture of the cityscape. And uh, if I, I, I'm sorry, I'm in the car right now. I would show you the picture if I had it on me. Hmm, yeah, maybe you could uh, email it to us or something if you can. Um, so yes, what were the notice, were there a lot of like noticeable differences? Like were there like hoverboards, flying Ubers, anything yes. like that? that? That was one of the most uh, remarkable things about the future was the transportation. You see, as I proceeded to walk into the city, uh, the bottom level of the city was essentially one giant sidewalk. Um, and in the sky, there was uh, various modes of transportation, for example, buses and cars. Uh, they were all flying in the sky. And you'll see that in the picture I'm going to send you. Uh, you'll see the various modes of transportation in the, in the sky above the city. What about individuals? Like, were they on like an escalator or a moving sidewalk or like a hoverboard, like Back to the Future type style? The individuals were mostly walking. However, I saw several uh, people on electric vehicles that resemble uh, hoverboards and uh, other advanced technologies that we don't have right now. Hmm. But what about the fashion? Like, what were these people wearing? Like, did they have like, you know, were like Star Trek kind of outfits or did they look a noticed, lot like you in 1981? Uh, no, I noticed most of them were wearing uh, very white clothing. Um, very light shades of clothing. And I can't say it looked entirely futuristic, how we would imagine future clothing to look like, but I can say uh, the clothing was of very light colors and I was wearing uh, a darker suit. So I stood out. Hmm. Um, but several, I, I did talk with several people 
Oh. And I explained to him what year I was from, and I had several meaningful conversations. I actually got to try out a piece of technology uh, from a man. Um, essentially, in the future, we have we have uh, what are essentially earphones, but they're a very small needle, and you put them into your ear, and it taps directly into your auditory nerve. Um, when he started playing the music from the device, it was some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. What, I actually what began genre? Rock- like what would you say was I, it like a rock music, like electronic music, classical? Words within the English language cannot describe how beautiful uh, this music was, nor how it, it sounded unlike anything. Um, I I think it was tapping directly into my auditory nerve and giving me uh, certain feelings within my brain. For example, he could play a sad song, and it, you don't you don't so much remember the song itself, but the feeling associated with it. So I would instantly become sad, or if I wanted to become happy, he would uh, choose a happy song. Hmm. So it's a very emotional experience. Yes. It's More emotional. Yes. So tell me about it. Did you did you notice any uh, alien beings? Like, have we made contact with aliens in the year twenty one eighteen? Well, uh, in a way, uh, you see, I, I saw several people without legs uh, who actually floated several feet off the ground. Um, I actually went up to one of these people, and I, and it turns out that he was actually uh, advanced artificial intelligence, a robot, um, and I. I did proceed to ask him many questions. Apparently, there are species of aliens which humans have made contact with. However, I saw no evidence of alien life. Um, but the, mo- the most alien form of life was artificial intelligence, which had the, which looked like an actual human, but they they didn't have legs. I actually saw a male robot with a female human walking down the street, holding their hands. What did the androids have to say? Uh, they they sounded uh, like you and me talking here today. And they but, spoke English. Uh, yes, uh, everybody I spoke to did speak English. However, from a distance, I heard them speaking other languages in which I wasn't aware. But inst- when I start- began talking with them, they instantly began speaking English. And they also began speaking in the same dialect in which I speak, which is sort of a Boston accent. So um, did you notice if religion is still a relevant factor in the futuristic society? I saw no indication of religion, but it could very well be a factor. Huh, that's interesting. So um, yes. as you were walking through the city, you said you spent about five hours there. Where, where did you go? Yes. Did you go like into uh, the center of the city or did you take a train? I, I walked the whole way. However, if I had more time, I would have. I actually saw billboards advertising for trips to the moon and Mars. However, it said it would take a few days, so I didn't have enough time. But if I did, I would have. Uh, but yes, I I essentially just walked through the entire city. I was wondering about that. If uh, we've colonized other planets, because you 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 think by the year twenty one eighteen, maybe overpopulation has caused us to, uh, to you know, led yes. to uh, space exploration. So did you notice anything like that? I will say that the sidewalks were quite crowded. Uh, I, again, I'm not sure which country I, I was in because uh, the people that I saw talking were speaking different languages. But when I spoke with them, they instantly began to speak my language. But I've often heard in the future that races sort of meld into one. Did you notice that? Like, did you notice distinct difference in, in races? 
I have heard about that. However, from my experience in the future, we still do have uh, many different races. Uh, this could be a result of genetic engineering which, hmm. in, in which people can choose uh, what they want to look like. Again, I'm not exactly sure. However, with the exponential increase in technology, I think it is entirely possible that we are able to uh, modify our genetics because otherwise, like you are saying, we would all end up uh, approximately the same. Yeah, I've read that people evolve that way where it's, it, or at least scientists predict that humans will evolve into being just one race and they all look very similar. What, were you able yes. to, to find out about any historical, major historical events that happen in the next hundred years? I didn't see any indication of any major historical events. Uh, I remember a lot of uh, people I've been interviewed by, they were asking about a third world war and I saw no indication. Uh, the biggest problem I saw was that you'll see in the picture I'm going to send you, the sky was a very reddish color. And I was told this was because of high amounts of uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. This caused significant warming of the earth. I remember being outside and feeling as if it was very warm, uh, uncomfortably warm. I would estimate maybe 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Hmm. Was it difficult to breathe? Uh, I could breathe just fine, but it was, uh, it was quite warm. What about food? Did you try any food or drink any liquid while you're there? No, I didn't eat anything. Eat anything. I, I wonder what type of recreational drugs they have in the future. Mm. Do you notice anything? Uh, anything in that, well, that that kind of area? Well, I will say that the uh, essential he earphones that I tried out were, in a way, a psychedelic experience. Uh, in a way, they were a drug because it taps directly into your auditory nerve. Um, and can connect and interface with your brain. Um, and the way the earphones worked is they were a very small needle. And the needle, you you could not feel it when you put it in your ear. Uh, it, just, it just sort of slid in. And you could hear, it wasn't exactly a hearing experience as much as a feeling experience. So I, I assume that uh, for recreation in the future, we will be able to tap directly into our brains without taking any uh, what we call modern-day drugs. Hmm. Um, so you know, recently in the news, there's been a time traveler. I don't know if you heard about this guy. He said he was born in the year 2043, and he's the one who said that there was a nuclear war. He also says L.A. gets hit by a massive earthquake uh, by 2022. So have you ever met any other time travelers, and have they ever corroborated what you experienced? Well, uh, I have been hooked up with several people claiming to be time travelers. However, only a small few have presented sufficient evidence for me to believe their claims. Uh, the man you mentioned from 2045, his claims were not backed up with enough evidence for me to make a, me to make a conclusion. What, what type of evidence are you talking about? Because you, you're bringing back a photo, but I mean, I could yes. make a photo like that in Photoshop. No, I understand, and my goal is not to convince anybody. My goal is to simply tell you about what is going on behind closed doors because I don't think it is just what the government is doing, hiding these types of technologies. What do you think that the C – do you think it's just the technology that the CIA was, was interested in? Um, did they want you to bring anything back from the future, like bring back you know, a cell phone from the – well, it was in 1981, but – did they want you yes. to steal anything or do anything like that? Like, what did they want, you think? Uh, the only instructions I was given was to 
relay back information and bring a picture uh, back. And they never sent you again. They just it's just a one time mission. It was a one time mission. Uh, I think I should elaborate on how exactly I got back. I I saw sort of a what, what appeared to be an airport, um, but instead of planes, it was another uh, sort of rectangular prism, and it it had no windows. Uh, the CIA had actually sent me back with fifty thousand dollars. And this was to be used to use any uh, technology because we had to account for inflation in the future. Um, I went into one of these, uh, so to speak, airports and I asked them how much a flight would be uh, to the year 1981. And the man told me that it would cost around 400 uh, current U.S. dollars. I forget what the amount was in the future money, but in, our, in, the, in 1981 money, it was only $400, uh, which is – not, not a significant amount. It was very cheap. Yeah, I'm uh, I was the only, Yes, I was the only one on the time machine. I sat on the back left-hand corner. I remember it was uh, sort of like an airplane experience. And when it started up, it began to shake. And I remember my, my consciousness went out and I saw only white. And I woke up on the side of the street in Los Angeles, California. I still had my picture on me as well as all the other money the CIA had given me. And I made a copy of the photo uh, so the CIA could not confiscate it because I knew they would want the original copy. So I made a copy of the photograph and then I went back, to, I rented a car and went back to the East Coast and gave the CIA all the evidence. So what did you use to take the picture? You just brought a camera with you? Uh, it was a camera, yes. It was it was not a commercially available camera. It was a specially designed camera made by the CIA with that was uh, had a outer wall of titanium. Hmm. Because with time traveling, you experience high amounts of radiation, and the titanium was used to um, with a quartz glass. The quartz was is one of the strongest uh, forms of glass, which was actually used as the lens for the camera. Did you have to give the camera back to them? Yes. Wouldn't that mean that there are most likely time travelers from the future here in the present now, if it was so commonplace as to have an airport where anyone could go and travel? Yes, I, I assume there's many uh, people from different time periods in our current time period right now. However, it is strictly forbidden for them to say anything. Hmm. Have you ever recognized anybody or heard, heard something you know, similar to your experience and you're like, you might be from the future? Yes, I, I talked with several people uh, who worked within the Greece government, and they told me a very similar story as my own. So if governments such as Greece have this technology, I would assume that uh, countries such as Russia, the UK, also have similar technologies that they are keeping top secret. And I do not think it's right. I, I mean, I understand their mindset of keeping such technology secret. They think it might cause too big of a shock on the public. However, I think the public ought to know about what is being what is going on behind closed doors. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you think we could use some of that technology today to better our society. So, have, have the Men in Black ever visited you again, or have you ever tried to track down the your leaders in the CIA? Uh, after breaking my silence uh, with the video that Apex TV did, I'm sure that they are currently looking for me. Uh, this is the reason I'm living in hiding. 
and to communicate with you right now, I'm using several virtual private networks to ensure that they can't trace this call back. Mm, that's definitely probably a good idea. Um, yes. So when you're saying you're living in hiding, what, what, what will happen if they find you? What do you think they'll do? Well, I'm committing a very serious crime by talking with you here today. Uh, if they do, if they do end up finding me or any members of my family, I'm unsure of what will happen. I I feel as if I will go to prison. Hmm. Um, so, when you came back from the future, did you uh, find your wife again and just kind of continue being a car mechanic? Yes, I, I yes, I I resumed my job as being a car mechanic, and I had to keep my silence on what had happened. Uh, the backstory in which I told my wife was that I was working within a secret military base in Nevada, uh, working on experimental aircraft. Um, however, I did tell my wife and my kids and my grandkids um, in in the past month. Oh, the, in the past month you told them about the time travel? Yes. How did they uh, receive the news? Were they shocked? Did they believe you? Uh, several members of my inner family are very skeptical about the story. However, I have assured them that I am telling the truth and I have no reason to lie to my immediate family. And, yes. Well, that's interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing this photograph, um, seeing the yes. photographic evidence. Uh, and so that, that's all you brought back from the future was this one photo? Yes. Okay. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Well, one last question. Did Trump serve two terms? Well, I'm unsure. However, I spoke with a man uh, who claimed to be a time traveler from the year 2030. Uh, and he told me that time travel is released to the public in 2028. And another thing he told me was that Donald Trump will serve two terms. He mm. did provide a substantial amount of evidence uh, that he was a time traveler. However, I, I'm not completely sure if he's telling the truth. Was he wearing uh, one again, of those red hats, those, those MAGA hats? <laughs> no. <laughs> have you also uh, one other thing? Have you gotten any like investment advice from the future? Well, I was uh, strictly forbidden on doing anything that could increase my monetary wealth, hmm. and the the financial compensation in which I got from the CIA was enough that to prevent me from speaking out. Uh, my com my family has lived a comfortable life ever since then, hmm. uh, off of that one paycheck that I received. Hmm. All right. and, and also they also they explained to me that if if I was to uh, give out any information, it could uh, potentially cause a paradox uh, if I were to invest in certain companies and it would work out to the detriment of uh, modern society as we know it. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I was wondering like if they do have people from 2018 that can just sort of casually come back here, how do they affect them from altering the past and changing the, the future or their present? Yes, we have to sign many contracts, and we are very substantially financially compensated for what we do. Huh. Mm. Well, so if uh, the CIA ever did find you um, and wanted you to go on another mission, would you would you do it? Uh, I'd be very skeptical, uh, as as they as I'm not supposed to be saying anything about the about the mission I went on. Uh, I I do not think I would respond to any contact from the CIA at this time. Why do you think they chose you back then, back in 1981? Well, I heard uh, several theories. Uh, one was that I was uh, easily manipulated. 
and this would make it easier to make sure that I don't speak out in the future. Hmm. That makes sense. All right. Well, Alexander, thanks for uh, being on the show. Uh, very fascinating. Thank you. uh, thanks for taking Thank the risk yeah, uh, for being out definitely. here. Um, I, I think the public needs to know what's going on behind closed doors. I fully agree. I think uh, this is the type of technology that uh, I would enjoy using. Yeah. Um, although I, I imagine if, uh, you know, most Americans ended up getting time travel technology, it'd probably be at like Disney World or something or some kind of theme park. And it would be, you know, time yes, travel well, vacations or something right. like that. Yes, most, most time travel, uh, the way it works is when you go into the past, you are actually within a device that uh, makes you invisible. Hmm. So you can watch past events play out without interfering with them in any way. Oh, that's uh, fun. Oh, so this wait, been fun. you wouldn't be able to actually go track down your former self and be like, invest in Apple or something like that. Yeah, you, you would not be. The reason I was able to go back to 1981 is it, because it was the time period in which I was from. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Yes. Well, Alexander, thanks for being on the show. I would say uh, we Thank could promote something for you, but since you don't want to be found, uh, you know, maybe yes. the, less, the less known is better. You right. know? Yes. Anyway. I, I, I want to thank you for distributing my message. I, I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, please and, send uh, us a photo. Yeah, please send us a photo. Look I'll, forward to seeing it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. There you go, uh, Harrison. Uh, Donald Trump ends up serving two terms. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait. Who's going to be there by that point? It's just going to be like him, <laughs> you know? You know, I don't know. I think it's. I think he runs the White House or his administration like uh, like The Apprentice. Right. It's it's called like The White House Apprentice. And ah. he just fires everybody. Yeah. Or they resign. Or, or makes it so horrible that they resign. Hmm. Uh, but now it's like Hope Hicks was like the last attractive. Well, Ivanka's attractive, so maybe when she resigns, she'll be the last attractive girl to leave the administration. Okay, you know that's but, your um, concern. Yeah. That, okay. All right. Do you hear uh, this? This uh, this week, Axel Rose went on like this Twitter rant about how Melania is a hooker and doesn't deserve to have like a citizenship status. Oh no, I didn't. didn't yeah. Now Axel Rose went on this yeah. like. Twitter rant, very a la Donald Trump style Twitter rant at like three in the morning being like, she's a hooker. She shouldn't be in this country. And I guess the the way she got in the country in like 1998, yeah. they applied for citizenship based on uh, like if you're a very talented professor yeah. or if you're a very talented musician, you can get citizenship based on your talent. Okay. But the only thing she had going for her is she was a model slash possible hooker. Okay. And Donald Trump managed to get her citizenship. This is not the first controversial thing that Axel Rose has said about immigrants. <laughs> One in a million. Remember yeah, that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, huh. uh, but yeah, that, that's a bit. That's very interesting. Uh, it, it's always how come mm. it's always the CIA is doing all this time travel? How come the other the other, like the NSA and the FBI? How come they're not involved with time travel? It's always the CIA. It is always the CIA. What, what, what was the, the last guy we talked to? Remember Baziago, who Baziago. the government sent yeah. him back in time to the Civil War when he was a child for some reason. I forget why. I, but he was also in the CIA. Was it the CIA? Yeah, it was the CIA. Yeah, the CIA recruited mm. him and his family, and they sent him back to go find Bigfoots or something. I th Yeah, I think it's because people think the CIA is like the smartest 
Oh, the smartest of the intelligence yeah. agencies. But they're not the. I mean, some of them are smart, but they're they're pretty boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're an, how, most how of them are analysts. They just sit and look at data all day. How come it's always like guys in black suits? Hmm. How come they're not wearing purple suits? Um, green but, suits. But what? Because they're not in Morris Day in the time. <laughs> what? Do you, like what? Do you, why? I'm just saying. What the this, hell kind of question is I'm that? I'm just saying. There's always okay. a, there's always coincidences in all these type of stories. All right. Yeah. Like the guys are wearing black suits. You know, yeah. they're like they're from the CIA. Yeah. It's like you know, maybe if it was Morris Day that came out, <laughs> Morris Day and the time travelers. <laughs> and the who's the dude that holds up the mirror? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jermaine? I yeah. forget. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, mm. very very interesting, <laughs> Alexander Smith. Good luck to you. I uh, hope they do not find you in your, your hiding place. Yeah, leave him alone, guys. Yeah, yeah leave him alone. Yeah. Um, he's suffered enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, speaking of uh, time travelers, we have Fistful of Steel coming up next. Uh, John Steele weighs in on some topical uh, subjects here, such as uh, arming teachers in the Olympics. Yeah. So much interesting. Okay. Uh, People's episode 624 here, Sick and Wrong. Fizz will still come up next, and after that, uh, we have some phone calls. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more Sick and Wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. That is absolute bull piss. Absolutely. Uh, my sperm was as potent as it got because I knocked up a broad who had a black baby. Absolutely. Uh, well, I'm inciting violence and somebody bring me up on charges because that is horse shit. That motherfucker goes into my, this is my realm. Absolutely. I'm going back to the old school, back in the 50s and the 1940s when they used to use VD for venereal disease. Fuck the STDs, I still have VD. No fucking way. I don't buy it, I don't believe it, and I think it's pure fabric. Steel. D, what's happening, brother? Hey, hey, what's cracking? Finally back for another fistful of steel. Uh, we're, we've been we've been long overdue for one. Um, I was thinking about this. Like, when's the last time did we even do a fistful of steel? Oh, you're gonna try to test my memory, which isn't very good to begin with. Uh, I I want to say I was on during the holiday show, but that yeah. was just a clusterfuck of that was just of, the drinking uh, eggnog getting wasted. Um, yeah, nonsense. that wasn't a fistful of steel. Yeah, no. it's just a yeah, it's computer a, a, a complete absurdity. Yeah, uh, I want to say the last actual fistful of steel was maybe November or possibly even late October. I mean, it's been a while. It, it a while. yeah, I would say it's probably uh, November. Yeah, uh, a few fans um, emailed me on uh, Facebook and commented on some recent shows. They're like, "When the fuck are we gonna do a fistful of steel?" And I was just like, "All right, all right." You know, I was going to do one last week, but I didn't have enough time to uh, to, to text you. It takes you a couple of days to prepare for one of these, so so I'm glad. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. So, you know, 
it's so professional uh, <laughs> that yeah, it, it's it takes weeks of preparation to get prepared for Fistful of Steel. Well, you got to get your interns together and your recording equipment, the sound engineer. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to recording. Um, you know, some of the, the the Fistful of Steel rants, and a lot, I think a lot of people don't you know don't see that because they're just listening to it on their iPhone. They they don't see behind the curtain how it all works well no they they don't they don't realize the amount of effort it takes to pull out the gear from radio shack <laughs> to record an episode or a version or segment of fistful of steel it's it's, it's, it's a, there's a lot that goes into it it's a it's a com- uh, there's a complex workflow and i think a lot of people don't yes. understand that so um yes. but i'm glad to have it's, I'm, it's good, I'm glad to have you back on the show it's good to hear your voice again um so what, what have you been doing you've been watching the uh, winter olympics you still into the uh, figure skating Oh, not just figure skating. As you know, I'm into the male figure skating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watching a lot of male figure skating. And when I, I got to tell you this, whenever I watch the female figure skating, or the not the female, but like the pairs figure skating, where the male and the female are out there together, and he picks her up and flips her around, am I the only one or that like gets my face right up to the screen <laughs> when he's lifting her over his over his head to see if there's a string hanging out of from underneath her skirt? Wait, you're looking for a tampon string? Yeah, aren't you? Like when he lifts her up, because usually it's a fruit. The guy is usually a little fruity, a little light in the loafers. But the girl quite often is fairly hot and attractive. She's usually very, has a nice body, usually very pretty. And this fruit will like lift her up over his head. And then she'll like spread her legs in like some scissor looking thing. And I always get my face right up to the screen to see if I can see a string. And I'm just wondering, am I the only one doing this, or is the rest of the world doing it too? <laughs> well, first of all, I don't know why you'd want to see the string, but maybe just to see if it's there. Um, I always found that funny at strip clubs, when you'd see a stripper with a tampon string hanging out of her G-string. So it's like, uh, come Nothing on. Nothing turns me on <laughs> more than that. <laughs> No, you, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm. It's well known that I don't. I'm not opposed to a little gyno or menstrual porn. So uh, there is something about that string that gives me, well, that's gives me a little life in the pants, if you will. So yeah, I, I'm. Whenever that figure skater goes up, because that's the other thing. Like, how can they time their period? Like, if, if you're in the Olympic competition or the World uh, Cup competition for figure skating. Uh, how do you, you you can't determine when your period is going to be like if it happens if the event happens to fall on when you're having your period isn't it a little shaky ground to to have this guy whip you up over his head and you know blood on the ice yeah i mean isn't yeah. that uh yeah it'd be more blood on the ice than a hockey fight yeah <laughs> more than a bob probert hockey fight um yeah but uh you know you know i was always thinking I was always, I remember when I was a kid, I would kind of look in the, look, you know, when they picked her up to see if I could see her snatch. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to look under her skirt. But then I, I don't know, my whole world was shattered when I found out that they're actually wearing special shirt, like skirts, like skorts almost. They're almost like they have like a, you know, you don't see their underwear, you know? Yeah, it's called a lot, like, uh, I think cheerleaders in high school, because I always used to, cheerleaders used to kick their legs up and I used to try to look to see if I could see their, their clitoris or their labia hanging out to them. <laughs> And and Just they for the they get their leg, yeah. And they had uh, I think they called them like the little things they have under their skirt are called lollies, like in short for like like lollipop, but they're just called lollies. lollies. I think it's what they, I think that's the official. Now I'm not uh, you know Gianni Versace or anything, so I don't know all my fashion terms. 
but I'm pretty sure that's what those were called. And I think the skaters, the female skaters in the Olympics wear the same thing underneath their little skirts. Huh. Yeah, you know, I guess I, I, guess other, I never knew that. The other thing about, I mean, if, okay, they can't help when their period falls and when their competitions are, so they could be on the reg while they're doing that. But the other thing is, is say, like, say your sister with IBS uh, D or IBS C. Yeah. I think she has IBS D, right, with the diarrhea. The she's, she's an irritable bowel sister. Yeah, she's got uh, she's got some diarrhea issues. Okay, so she's on the IBS spectrum, probably leaning towards loose stool and not the constipated end. No, she's definitely like if, far away from the constipated end. Yeah, she's on <laughs> so the other like side. Somebody in her condition, could they ever be a figure skater without the constant fear of shitting on their partner's face while they're being held up overhead in the, you know, double axle spin around during the dance competition? Well, that, that's the thing. Most IBS is stress-induced. And I imagine you probably have a lot of stress and anxiety before you're doing, you know, competing in an Olympic match. So, yeah, if my sister was a figure skater, um, there would be a good chance that she would uh, give her partner a brown shower. And that I don't know if oh. I don't know if that's a specific event though. Maybe that would be nice. Maybe if the Olympics well, was all inclusive, they could include people that have IBS. And judging by the maybe the amount of the brown shower, that could be part of the you know the gold medal or who maybe who shits first or something you know or the duration of it. Can you shit throughout the whole song? I was just thinking you've added another medal. Instead of a brown, silver, and gold, now you go for the brown. Like go you, for the brown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can have your gold, you can have your silver. I have IBS. I'm going for the brown. And you get the brown medal if you shit on your partner's face. <laughs> I would watch that competition. Could you imagine? I mean, oh, think, think, I would be on the edge of my seat. Like, is she going to shit or is she not going to shit? And, you know, I mean, right. the, the suspense would be, ah. Uh. It'd be intense. It'd be intense. Anyway, uh, Steele, you said a bunch of rants, and uh, one of your rants here is about uh, the Winter Olympics. So um, let me play that thing here. Let me play that. Winter Olympics and the dog show, which I didn't even know was going on, but here, let me play it. Dear Winter Olympics, I am watching your two-man bobsled event, and I don't quite understand why the brake man has to bury his face in the pilot's ass. Can't those six-year-old chinks down at the bobsled factory place the brakes up a little higher? Is the brake guy actually breaking the sled, or is he just tossing the driver's salad? Signed, Confused, in Bay City, Michigan. Speaking of the Olympics, I was watching some female competitors earlier today, and it dawned on me that I really missed the days when all female athletes looked like Bruce Jenner or Billie Jean King. You know, just a bunch of old, handsome spinsters who enjoyed some good, clean competition in between eating out each other's pussies. But today... <laughs> Today, about half of these female athletes are straight, hot, and finely tuned pieces of ass who love the cock. It's very distracting to watch hot, straight chicks play sports because the whole time you're thinking, if I was only better looking, had a good personality, a little self-esteem, and was a lot more successful, well, then perhaps I could bang one of these broads. Hell no, this sucks. This sucks ass. I liked it a lot better in the good old days when you'd watch lady sports and think, oh, my Lord. Is that a mustache? Look at the Mickey Tettleton forearms on that one. Are we sure that these bitches aren't just dudes in tennis skirts? 
Anyway, the other part of the Olympics that, that I just I can't watch without being distracted is whenever any of the Asian countries compete in any of the events. Because every time I watch a Korean try to compete in an event, I, I'm just thinking, okay, let's hurry this event up and get it over with so that the gooks can get back to the dog meat factory. I mean, after all, those dogs aren't going to throw themselves into the bone saw. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, how'd you like that for a segue? Anyway, fuck you. Anyway, speaking of dogs, I was uh, flipping through the channels and ran across the Westminster Dog Show the other day when I was sitting home on a Saturday afternoon, and several of the dogs who were competing were red bone coon hounds, which I thought was fantastic because usually whenever I want to see this many white people gathered around talking about red bones and coons, I have to attend a clan meeting. Um, now, oh, well, there's a typical fistful of steel rant. I'll, uh, I'll, it, it, I love how you're able to include all races in the, uh, the, with the, the racial, uh, the racial epithets, slurs. You're very all-inclusive when it comes to that. Well, yes. I mean, that's part of my diversity sensitivity training that I've had over the years. <laughs> you also use terms that I haven't heard in a long time. Um, I haven't heard. Such heard, as? Well, I haven't heard the word chink in a long time. I was like, God, it's been a while oh, since I've heard classic. that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 nice to know that uh, that. Well, I don't know if people are still using it, but you're still using it. That's that's good to know. Uh, but you bring up yeah. an interesting point in that rant. Yeah, why? You know, I noticed that. Like, why are all the figure skater, the female figure skaters, most of them are pretty attractive, really attractive. I was watching one last night at the bar, and I was like, God, that girl's hot. Like. Yeah. yeah, a lot I, of them are like foreign too, like from the Slovakian countries and shit. A lot of them are really hot. Yeah, really hot. But back in the day, yeah, I remember the girls used to be a lot burlier. Maybe not the figure skaters, but just uh, female athletes like Lindsey Vaughn, for example. Hot. Back in the yeah. back in my day, back in my day though, they they weren't though. You know, I I remember them being burly. I remember them uh, probably taking some steroids. You know, taking a little bit of testosterone and having a little bit of a mustache. You know, and being much more muscular than like me, you know, where it's like, yes. you know, you, you, and now it's like you see these girls and, uh, and they're, they're very attractive. All of them, I would say. Um, have you, did you happen to see the movie I, Tanya? Uh, I didn't see. Is that about Tanya Harding? And yeah. Nancy Kerrigan? And, uh, Tanya I Har haven't seen. It, it's good. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, but I saw it because that's an active movie. They just. They had a big documentary, though, about Tanya, too, that, that just came out around the same time I think that movie was released. I saw that, and that mm. was good because it refreshed my memory of that tabloid-like story that was back in the early 90s. It was fantastic. You know, that, that's the thing. I remember in the early 90s, obviously, I don't watch much figure skating. Um, uh, but I, I remember in the 90s hearing about it, but not knowing that much about her in general. I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, is this Tanya Harding, you know, paid somebody to, like, you know, crack Nancy Kerrigan in the knee. Um, but then after watching this movie, she was pretty fucking cool. Like she was like white trash, like really trashy. And she would like come out on the ice and like when she, when she wanted to uh, do her routine, she wanted to listen to like Motley Crue and like poison and shit. And then they were like, no, you can't like no metal. You got to do like whatever fucking show tunes, Disney songs or something. And she was pissed about it because she was trashy. Yeah. Yeah, Tanya Harding, you know, back then everybody took Nancy's side. I think in in the in retrospect, I think a lot of people have grown to appreciate Tanya a lot more. And there was a great quote in the documentary. You're talking about the movie, like the acted movie or yeah, the yeah. Uh, which was really movie. good too. 
Yeah, I got to see that because it looked good. I saw the previews for it. But but in the documentary, there's this great clip where they interview Tanya Harding's mother. Like, oh, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, and she had this great quote. Like, uh, she her mom said it to the interviewer. She says, "Yeah," because she was all pit- like, her and Tanya are obviously kind of at odds with one another. And she was pissed. She was talking about her daughter Tanya. She goes, "Yeah, I don't know what Tanya's talking about. She always refers to us as white trash." She says, "We weren't white trash." We had a nice new trailer. <laughs> and I started laughing. It's like, that's her argument against not being white trash is that they had a nice new trailer. Yeah, that, the actress, I can't think of her name, who played her mom, best part of the movie by far. Like Margot Robbie that played Tanya Harding was great too. She, she definitely got the role. But the mom was hilarious. Oh, she was so evil. <laughs> so evil. I mean, it was, it's worth seeing it just to see this, this actress portray her mom. But yeah, but they don't have that type of uh, com- you know, uh, performer in the, in the Olympics. You know? They don't have that type of competitor anymore. Now it just seems like they're all just hot chicks. You know? Yeah, I mean, because yeah, Tanya was rough around. I mean, for a figure skater, especially, she was rough around the edges. Even, I mean, you you even knew it back then. Even when they tried to doll her up or put sweet sequins and shit on her and try to make her like a little uh, ice skating figure skating princess, you could tell she came from the opposite <laughs> side of the track. And that's you know, and let's face it, I mean, that's probably ninety five percent of the bros I've ever banged are basically just a Tanya Harding, Tanya just, Harding. <laughs> with a different name. You know, I mean, half the strippers are Tanya Hardings. You know, it's just, uh, I'm more accustomed to that than I am in anything close to Nancy Kerrigan was ever, you know. Do, uh, do they do figure skating in the Special Olympics? Uh, if they did, I would be watching the Special Olympics. <laughs> I think in the Special Olympics, they do, like, draw, like, they draw with crayons. Like, I don't know if they actually do, like, real sports. And I don't consider figure skating a real sport. I consider it, you know, more of like like a a showbiz type. It's more like dancing and shit than a sport sport. But, I mean, I don't know if they, I don't think a a downs would have that much coordination to do like an axle or a spin. Maybe, but I I, I I don't think so. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I don't know. uh, Yeah, I don't know if they'd have like the theme from Barney playing and then they'd come out and do the performance. Um, but I, I would like to see that. I think it would be. I I think I'd probably watch the Special Olympics. I'd per, actually I do I prefer watching the Special Olympics than the real Olympics. Who cares about the real Olympics? These people are more attractive than me, more talented than me. I think I uh, can relate but, more to the Special Olympics. Yeah, the, I, I mean, definitely the Special Olympics. I'm I'm closer to them in terms of physical <laughs> appearance and athletic ability. Yeah, but. But I, the one, I mean, I have to, if I watch the Special Olympics, it's a fast because I'm not going to eat for a couple of days. But the grossest, <laughs> the grossest fucking thing that they keep, and that pisses me off, like whenever I tune in to watch the regular Olympics, like every other commercial, because the same channel is covering the para-Olympics, which is like paraplegics that do Olympic competitions. And every commercial break, the first thing they show right out of the gate is somebody fucking with no legs skiing down the fucking, doing a ski jump or something. And I don't need to see that shit. I don't. I don't want to watch that. It's. The, I can't eat around that. And I'm not like insulting the competitors because it's not their fault. It's. It's something ingrained in me that. Yeah. Just, it makes me lose my appetite. So can we just not show the commercials for the Paralympics every fucking two seconds during the regular Olympics, please? Somebody, NBC, NBC. Is anybody listening? If Matt Lauer was still there, he wouldn't show the Paralympics commercial. I believe he's still a, he's a pretty big fan of the show. So, 
Um, still, we're, we got to move on here. We got another rant. This is very topical. All these rants are actually topical this time. Uh, this, this, this rant's about uh, arming teachers in the schools. Well, it seems like everybody's trying to come up with a solution to combat these school shootings. Well, I came up with one that everybody seems to be overlooking. It's a fairly obvious one. The best way to stop school shootings is, well, to stop having children. Hashtag plan B. Hashtag morning after pill. However, people don't seem to be real keen on my idea. So instead, we've decided, we've come to the conclusion we're going to arm teachers. Well, let's just hope that the teachers that we arm in each school district doesn't turn out to be that district's resident molester. Oh, yes. Every generation in every school district has a molester. My molester was Gordy. Well, not my molester per se, but my school district and my generation's molester was Gordy. He was a creepy biology teacher. He eventually got arrested for diddling tween boys. In fact, it seems that most teacher molesters come from the science or physical education departments for some reason. It says a lot about the teacher who wears a white lab coat or sweatpants to work. Stay away from them. Anyway, if we somehow accidentally put these firearms in the hands of the molester teacher, then we could be opening up a whole new can of worms. A school molester's modus of operandi would quickly go from a shoulder rub for a hand job to a mouthfuck at gunpoint. So, America, <laughs> let's try not to give these guns of ours to the school pedo. If you have a teacher who drives an ice cream truck to school, well then, <laughs> let's not give him the gun. Okay, sound good? Great talk, people. Uh, you know, Steele, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, if we, that's the thing. And uh, where we went to school, and I've talked about this because I've lived in, you know, I've moved away from Michigan. I've lived in other communities. And I've told them how many pedos, how many pedophiles we've had in the Essexville School District, and people are shocked. Yeah. I mean, just, just in my generation, when I was there, I know of three of them that were all there in the various schools during my, and, and Essexville, as you know, and I'm sure most of your listeners probably have figured it out by now, Essexville isn't a very big town. I mean, it, it was a school of what, three, the high school was like maybe 300 people, 400 people. No, I think there's a few more than that, but yeah, not, not that many. It's a pretty small, it's a, it's a small community inside of Bay City, Michigan, which Bay City had like I don't know, four or five high schools, but Essexville is like a suburb of Bay City. Yeah, it's, it's basically part of Bay City, but it's its own school district. So it's a pretty small district. And in my time there, there were three three pedos. No one convicted pedos. Yeah, it's, so, so, so think about it. If you're arming the pedos, yeah, there's going to be mouth-fucking at gunpoint for sure. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the pedos, because that's the thing. Like, the pedos had to use all these... Uh, you know, they pick a vulnerable student, use, you know, get get them a Twix bar, use like coercion techniques, you know, uh, join, be, become well, a scoutmaster. They had to do all this stuff. They're not going to have to yeah. do that once you put a fucking 357 Magnum in their hands. Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, I mean, how do you know? Because you don't know who the, 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 I mean, you might have your suspicions of who might be a pedo and who might not be, but you don't know until they actually get busted. And, that, you know, some of those teachers that got busted as pedos when we were there were well respected. They were in the, you know, they were in the district for 20, you yeah, know, for long decades. time. Yeah. yeah. And well respected and considered very smart amongst the academia crowd and all this stuff. And then boom, all of a sudden, you know, oh, he's been diddling kids for fucking 30 fucking years. So, I mean, you don't necessarily know. So, how do I know that it's not the teeth the the pedo teacher that's getting one of these handguns 
And now instead of grooming somebody and just easing them into a little butt play, you know, now it's, you know, now it's, you know, getting the back of my ice cream truck time with a gun at your head. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just think we need to just pr- proceed with caution and recognize that every, because I know every school district has these oh pedos. I mean, there's a pedo in every school district somewhere along the line. Um, and so the chances are at some point, one of these pedo teachers is going to be one of the ones assigned to being the armed security teacher for the school. Well, even beyond the pedos, though, think of some of the other teachers that were mentally unstable. Fucking Miss Pat. Or what about that guy? Who was the music teacher that just drank? Oh, my God. He would drink during lunch at the Green Hut and then come back. He was such a dick. It's like, I I, oh. <laughs> I forget the guy's name. But again, Gaffney. Yeah, we, Gaffney. That guy. Yeah, when we, when we had a... Uh... When I actually wrote this blog out first, and I had some people from Garber actually respond to it and also say, yeah, half of our teachers were drunk and high, which then made another good point. Aside from the pedo getting hold of a weapon, yeah, the the person with the, the drug addiction or that's, you know, constantly coming to school with, after a couple hits of meth or the one that's fucking <laughs> shit-faced, but, you know, they keep the flask in their front pocket of their tweed jacket, they're fucking turn around to the chalkboard and take a swig of it in between, you know, each lesson plan. So, yeah, I mean, you got not only the pedos that are going to be fucking fully armed, but now you might have drunks and people that are fucking all coked up as well. Because we had a cup. I can, and the thing about it, too, is not only... We knew who all the drunken high teachers were when oh, we yeah. went to high. Like we, made fun I, of we them. knew who they all were. Yeah, I mean, it they, wasn't. A, but it was like the. It was supposed to be like a secret amongst the administration, but everybody knew. You could. I mean, you knew who was drunk and who was high. <laughs> and we used to make fun of them. I remember I would prank call the Green Hut just to talk to Gaffney. And I would be like, <laughs> and I pretend to be the principal. I was like, "What are you drinking? What are you doing? Why aren't you back at school?" <laughs> <laughs> but but Miss Pat though, I mean that woman was mentally unstable. I mean she she was she lived with her retarded brother in a trailer park. And could you imagine like if she had a gun, what would have stopped her from shooting you? At least shooting you in the leg when when she found out you shit in her hat. Yeah, yeah. well she had a very she was very hot. I think we've discussed her before on the show. I think in fact a couple I think me, you and your brother Jeff discussed Miss Pat at great length during one of the Christmas specials a few years ago. But uh yes, she was very uh, she was very high strung and very very short, ill tempered. Like yeah. you could get her to go off the handle for you know, for not singing the right note on a on a song by Cat Stevens, and all of a sudden she'd break her watch and throw something at you. So yeah, there there would be. You want to talk about mass shootings? She would have probably mass shot her entire classroom. You know, if if you weren't singing properly or giving it your a hundred percent effort or moving lumber for her. Remember that? Like half the class, she because she did all the school musicals. We'd have to go move lumber and stage sets. Well, yeah. Well, we 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 were the first class. When I was going through, because we were such fuck ups, we we were we weren't skilled academically. <laughs> our athletics, we were, you know, we were underachieved in athletics. So the only thing we had going for us was our ability to make people laugh and to tell people to fuck off. I mean, that was our class's only skill. You know, other classes have a skill where they overachieve academically and get academic scholarships places, or they're great athletically and they do good things on the, on, on the, the sports fields and courts and whatnot. Well, our skill was 
uh, not complying with orders from from, uh, from, <laughs> from officials, the, school the teachers, principals, anyone. Yeah. yeah. And making people laugh with juvenile, sophomoric antics and jokes. And so, yeah, she used to try to make us haul lumber for her gay little fucking spring plays and musicals and shit, too. And we basically just went on a sit-down strike, told her to go fuck herself. Well, I didn't sign up to fucking haul lumber in this fucking class. <laughs> so she basically kicked us all out. That was, and in the same area of time, the shit happened to fall in her hat. And uh, we all got booted for the rest of the year, and they just gave us school credit so we'd graduate on time because they didn't want us coming back. But, yeah, we we were supposed to haul that lumber for her, too, for her big fat ass, and we told her to go fuck herself and wound up being kicked out of class for the rest of the year. So I mean, I could just uh, imagine, like, the torture we put these teachers through. Do you remember that really old lady? She looked like fucking Skeletor. Uh, she was an English teacher. Oh, God, I, I know. Uh, uh, Mrs. I, Tim. I know what you're talking about, Ms. but I never Ms. had her. Mrs. Okay. Tim, she would do on a regular basis. We would urinate into her tab. She had a tab soda that would be on her desk, and we would urinate into it. We would urinate into <laughs> her plants, and her plants were always dying because we'd piss <laughs> in her plants. During... So, what would stop a woman like that from pulling out a fucking twelve gauge and just blowing us assholes away? Well, yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, you gotta admit, if somebody catches you peeing in their tab, first of all, why are you drinking? Why did she drink tab? It's the most disgusting soda on the planet. I don't oh, know why she drank tab, but she always had a oh, tab. Oh, so gross! I think they finally got rid of it when they got the diet cokes and thing. I think that was considered the diet coke before actual diet coke. Yeah, but like in the eighties or whatever, seventies. Yeah, but then I think they re—I saw it in stores not too long. I think they reissued it for like retro. You know, all this retro movement and things, thinking people might want to buy tab. Well, it tasted like fucking ass. I don't know who would drink that. <laughs> but, yeah, that was big back then. But, I yeah, if I caught somebody peeing in my soda, I would probably shoot them as well. I think that's a shootable offense, don't you? I mean, if you're peeing in their soda. Yeah, oh, yeah. And they, but the thing is, yeah. is, like, kids are fucking dicks. You know, they're they're dicks. But teachers get paid, what, less than 30 grand a year, maybe? Maybe 35 grand a year. They're depressed with their lives. And now they got to go every day, come deal with a bunch of assholes urinating in their tab. They're going to snap, dude. They're, they're going to snap. And if they have a gun, you know, on their fucking, like, in their desk or right, you know, within reach, they're going to snap and they're going to start shooting. And I don't blame them. I don't. Well, I think if we've learned one thing from this discussion, or two things from this discussion, actually, uh, is being, you know, that somebody obviously shit Miss Pat's hat in the 80s, and you guys <laughs> pissed in Miss Tim's cab uh, on and off over the course of several years while you were in school. I think the main moral to this story is don't fucking leave things that are in, yeah. in the open that are accessible to your students, because some way, shape, or form, they're going to shit or piss in it before it's all said and done. Don't leave anything that they can get to. And the reason we do that is because it's fucking funny. It was funny. It, it's you can never piss or shit in something that isn't. It's never not funny. Exactly. Ever. It is. It, it it was that was like a list comedy right there. Like I remember the whole class yeah. would be dying because you know we were pissing in her tab. Maybe the other yeah. moral of the story is just don't drink tab. Never drink tab. It's weird. Yeah. Well, to, personally, if you piss in a tab, you're not gonna you. Tab tastes so bad, it tastes like, <laughs> like fucking shit. You're not going to be able to tell, decipher whether it's actual a fresh tab or tab with piss in it, because it all tastes like shit. 
It's probably going to taste better, actually, with the urine. Um, probably. All right. We have uh, one more rant here, also topical, about uh, school shootings, which uh, seems to be uh, very prevalent these days. Oh, it's always something with these fucking schools. They're such drama queens. I mean, two years ago, all they wanted to talk about was where the tranny kids should shit. Well, now all of a sudden, all they want to talk about is what to do about school shootings. Well, make up your fucking minds, people. Is it where the tranny kids go shit? Or is it school shootings? Which is more important? I mean, perhaps the time has come where we combine both of these issues into one. It would make it much simpler for the rest of us. So let's find a way to keep guns away from the trannies. I mean, after all, if they don't know what shitter to use after centuries of male-female shitters, then quite frankly, I don't really want them fumbling around with a firearm but much more important than that is let's figure out where these school shooters should shit if they happen to have to take a shit during the middle of a massacre remember as we all know it is vitally important that we know what students can shit and where we can't have these school shooters just dropping a deuce in the wrong shitters in between changing clips on their ar-15 no we know where the male, female, and tranny students go shit, so it's about time that we give school shooters their own shitters, too. Every other group has a special shitter, so not giving school shooters their own shitter is, well, <laughs> archaic, hateful, and so 2013. Well, I guess I kind of agree with you on that. I mean, school shooters need to shit, too. Everybody shits. I mean, school shooters aren't like, oh, they're not like born without anuses and rectal cavities. I mean, everybody has to shit. And, and I would think that sometimes they're ill-prepared. They don't shit. I, I, I mean, they should probably shit before they leave the house to go on a school assault. I mean, I would think that you shit at your house and then go. But you never know. Sometimes maybe they stop and grab something to eat. It doesn't, you know, agree with their stomach. They get to the school and they got to shit. Right in the middle of bullets flying. It's like, oh, hang on, guys. I got to take a shit. I'll be right back to kill the rest of you. And you never know. I mean, some of these kids might have IBS, some of these shooters. And maybe that's why they're shooting up the school, because they shit themselves all the time and they get made fun of mercilessly. And now they're going to come shoot up and, you know, kill all those other kids that, that laugh at him. So these yeah, kids because they might have an, for their shitting yeah, their they, pants. They might have yeah. an IBS incident. You know, uh, kind of piggybacking on the, uh, the last discussion we had in the previous rant. Don't you think if we went to high school post-Columbine, like if we went to high school in the 2000s, we would have probably been shot by kids? Oh, I would have maybe been the first one for the, <laughs> yeah, that was on their, their to-kill list. Yeah. I think I definitely would have been like pretty high up on the, maybe not as high as you, but I would have been pretty high up on the to-kill list for sure. Like I don't understand why they didn't have school shootings back in our day because, I mean, Guns were plenty plentiful in Michigan. I mean, completely. Almost everyone's father had a fucking you know cabinet full of guns. Oh yeah. Why yeah, why did they shoot kids up? I mean, we were assholes. God, we were assholes. I mean, we pissed in teachers' sodas. I mean, think about what we did to other kids. Yeah, I was. We were big ball, but I mean, I I can like my group of people that I hung out with. We weren't like bullies in the sense of like we're gonna. You know, beat someone up from the no. flagpole and like commit sodomy on your ass. We no. were like those type of bullies, but we were ball busters. I mean, because we busted, you know, our own balls. Like if somebody gets up retarded, they were going to get their balls busted for it for probably their entire high school career. They're never going to live it down. If they shit their pants in class, yeah, we're going to bring that up every fucking chance we get because it's funny. I remember. Uh, so I, I remember a kid. 
You put, you, this is probably after... This was after you graduated. Yeah, because you were a few years older than me. But there was a kid who was new. He was new to the community. He came over, um, and he had like a like almost like a Mr. T mohawk. I don't know if you remember this nice. kid. He'd wear this is probably nineteen ninety two. He would wear a trench coat and he had a mohawk, and we made fun of him for that because that was pretty funny. Um, you know, he did this trench coat and his mohawk. But then we found out that he molested his like brother and sister who were like four and three and he was like on trial for it still in school during the trial like leading up to the trial like he was you know and it was in the base any times so the 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 ribbing you know went from like one to like 100 at that point what would have stopped that kid from getting a machine gun or a shotgun or an ar-15 or something like i'm surprised that never Mm -hmm. happened i'm just glad that i graduated before columbine Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I remember like when they show it because what's Columbine? The kids that went by the trench coat mafia. Yeah, wasn't that their yeah, nickname yeah. or what they were tagged? I remember kids like them in school, like at Garber, that looked and dressed just like them, like the debaters for like the forensic team and the debaters, all the nerds and the geeks. They all dressed like that Columbine crew with like the you know the the disheveled fucking look with the. The, the trench coat, the, like the combat boots and shit like that. They all dressed like that. And I'm thinking to myself, like when they show when Columbine happened, I'm thinking like those are the exact same kids that went to Garber, probably every other school in America. But yeah, it never happened. Then instead they were just, you know, they were just happy to fucking go on their, you know, Radio Shack computer and fucking play Dungeons and Dragons or Space Frontiers in a basement amongst one another, and that was fine. They'd just take the ribbing and then go to the basement and play Dungeons and Dragons. They didn't come back with an AK-47. And just start shooting up a high school. I, yeah, I don't know what, uh, I don't know. It's a, yeah, I don't know how that started, how the trend started. But but if I was one of those kids, though, and this is the one thing I noticed, because uh, I was reading about, like, in Texas, they were saying if you protest, um, you know, school shootings or if you protest gun control laws, uh, you'll get, like, suspended from school or something. I would be, whether or not I care about gun control laws or school shootings or whatever, I would be taking this opportunity to get the fuck out of school. Like I would be like, no, I'm I'm gonna like be a protester, and then I would go to the fucking mall and smoke weed and play video games or something. I don't know. And that's what ninety percent of these kids are doing at these protests. They're, a lot of them, like these ones across the country, they're not leaving because they're concerned about the issue at hand. <laughs> they're doing the exact same thing. It's a free day off for them. It's like I, another fucking, you know, uh, another day of. It's like another snow day without the snow. You know, you know, you, you get it off and you don't have to go to school. I would, I would definitely be like, I'm a protester now, and I got a week off. I would be like, yeah, mom, going to the protest, and then I would just go hang out. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would take full advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, and I'm sure that's what's happening with, like I said, the majority of these kids. Like, you can't tell me. Yeah, maybe if you're in the the heart of the battle and you're right in one of the communities where it happened, yeah, maybe they are. But you can't tell me that the kids are in Bay City or Essexville or whatever, that they're going to go and actually be part of the issue. Yeah, they're going off to fucking go and fucking get drunk. They don't give a shit. Or, you know, in our day, if it was happening in our day, we would have been going off and trying to sneak into cinema art. Well, now these fucking kids have the porn right on their phone. They don't have to even do that. No. So, it's, yeah, they, yeah, I'd be taking full advantage. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see a lot. It's been great talking to you. I'm looking forward to the next edition of Fistful of Steel. Um, until then, take it sleazy.
It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we got a few phone calls to get to people. You can call the Sick and Wrong hotline, 323-522-4032. The first call we have is uh, from my father from Beyond the Grave. Hmm. I love when he calls in. D, this is your father from Beyond the Grave. It appears somehow Hecubus made it into Jew heaven. Oh, that's good so to know. So he's here clipping coupons of the other Jews. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I'm sorry for your loss. Oh, thanks, Dad. Hecubus was a better Jew than you. <laughs> anyway, D, just know that I am frowning upon you in Jew heaven. And one day, if you become a better Jew, you might make it to Jew heaven with me and Hecubus. Take a slee Z. Wow. Hmm. Okay, well, uh, not surprised my father's disappointed yeah. in me. Heard that many times throughout my life. Jew. He says Jew with such disgust. Jew. Which is weird <laughs> in Jew heaven. Well, you know? That's, you know, that, that's exactly they, how my father sounded. What do they do with the coupons up there? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's like a store that the Jews go to that just continue to get discounts mm. with these coupons, and it's just that's heaven for Jews. You know, I'm reading a, a detective novel right now that takes place in like Nazi Germany. It's, it's just like a normal detective novel, except it's in 1936 Berlin. Is the and, is a detective like a Mike Hammer, but type of German guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just yeah. Insane, insane. But people say stuff like uh, like. Look, if you get mixed up in this, you won't last longer than a synagogue window. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, it's good to know though that yeah. uh, Hecubus made it up to Jew heaven. I probably will never make it up up, up there, but uh, no. that is good to know. Hecubus, what an oversight! Yeah, what yeah. a uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but, but, you know, Hecubus uh, was was a good Jewish cat. Um, mm. I did get him circumcised, which is nice. I'm um, actually is neutering. Do you think that counts as being circumcised? No. It's no? quite different. All right. Well, yeah. close enough. Mm. Um, anyway, it's good to know that uh, Hecubus is uh, is uh, safe and uh, clipping coupons up in Jew heaven with mm-hmm. my dad. So yeah. uh, that's comforting. Thanks for that. Uh, next call we have here is about uh, about the ethos of sick and wrong. What's up there, the and hairy son? Uh, yeah, uh, Jamie here calling from Wet Wales. Uh, I wanted to call with something gross and funny. Been putting. Up- is there a part of Wales called Wet Wales? I think he's just saying Wales is just a wet place. Oh, I see. Okay, it's a wet place. Okay. Off a call for a while, but actually, you know, after the fucking heartfelt moment at the start of last week's show, I actually just wanted to call with my co- condolences for Hecubus, bro. Oh, thank you. Because that really fucking sucks. And big love to you, cats are amazing little fucking spirits in our house and yours may have looked like you know a mobile ball sack uh rp hecubus um but it was your mobile ball sack you know and that's that's a real relationship it's quite true um yeah seriously though man fucking thoughts thoughts go out to you it fucking sucks drink your whiskey remember the vibes 
uh, and no doubt you will get through it. But then, you know, like with with that kind of sentimental start to the fucking show, it got me thinking, you know, what is uh, sick and wrong and how does the sick and wrong fucking ethos help us uh, to face the dark times of life? Because what is sick and wrong? Yeah, like on the one hand, yeah, it's two fucking perverts talking about poo and making light of really, really terrible shit. I guess you can like say that. Like the shit that, that should make us want to cry. Uh, like really bad <laughs> shit, no? Um, but that ability to fucking like talk about it like that is the shows and your guys, like, I don't know, fucking transcendent quality. Uh, to look at stories hmm. of like infanticide and sadism and things that I can, I'm scared to even remember. Um, and try to extract something funny where they really, really fucking shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just just to look at these stories that are gaping evidence of the profound, godless, senseless, meaninglessness of fucking life, and to face it, and to play with it, even to f- to find games in it, language games and whatever. And so that on. Obviously, that's totally perverse, and, uh, you know, I'd be embarrassed. Makes it sound like Thomas Pynchon or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Embarrassed if half my fucking friends listen to the podcasts that are on my phone. Um, but also, it's possibly what's beautiful about what you'll do. Um, so I've got faith, you know, that the spirit that's got you through all these fucked up things and just shaped your fucked up attitude so much is going to be what gets you through this too, you know? Um, so that's that. Big love. R.I.P. Hecubus. Big love to you, D-Bro. Um, and also just another fucking call out. Uh, people should get on the fucking Patreon because it's amazing. That thing that Harrison uploaded about the crystal meth addicts talking about real estate law was one of the funniest fucking 25 minutes of my life i was just pissing myself on the bus to work all morning um and yet another sign that harrison has like a profound eye for the comedy of the pathetic which like just enlivens my week so big up to both you guys fuck off you suck later i wish more people would recognize that (laughs) comedy of the pathetic Mm. well thank you i appreciate the condolences um and yeah you know I'll get through it. I already am kind of getting through it. I've had my my drinking is tapered back to like the normal amount. I'm not drinking bottles every night. That's good. Um, got his ashes back the other day. Okay. Yeah, that was a, that was weird. Um, you ever do that? Get your get a pet's ashes? I don't think we ever did. You know, we we Which did weird, for uh, but... we did it for our German Shepherd yeah. Benji because he's a beloved family pet, and uh, I remember my dad like had us all like we planted a tree and put the ashes and like had to hold hands and sing a prayer. Mm. Like my dad, my dad did a whole service there for that. And, uh, I'm thinking I might do, I might try to do a memorial service for Hecubus. Okay. I might do that. Don't put the ashes in a stuffed animal. I knew somebody that did that. And it's weird. That's weird. That's no, you know weird. what I'm looking for is, uh, yeah. like a vintage, a cool vintage urn, right? Like a cool looking urn. I'm not, you know, I'm looking on eBay and Etsy for something. I found a couple that, that, that are kind of cool, but you know, they, they give them, they, they give them back to you in this kind of like cedar box. I'll show, yeah. I'll show it to you after the okay. show. It's like a cedar box with like a plaque with his name on it. Right. And they give you this kind of like plaster paw print. Right. And then a certi- like a certificate of authenticity saying he was was cremated privately, you know, mm. not in like a bucket or you know a tub full of other cats, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's just weird showing up at the vet and the vet's like, you know, I was going to the Hollywood vet where I went before, 
and uh, not definitely not bringing another cat there. But I went to that vet to go pick it up, and it's like you know, there's like three hot girls that are working there, and like, uh, and one like super gay guy, and he's like, "Hey, can I help you? How are you doing today?" And I was like, "Yeah, here to pick up my pet's remains," <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> yeah, like everything should be sad that comes through that door, usually. Yeah. You know, I know. They, it's so, like yeah. the only reason I'm here is because yeah. my pet's fucked up and might yeah. die. Yeah. You know, and uh, maybe eight times out of ten, the animal doesn't die yet. But then I'm on, you know, in the, uh, the negative odds there where I'm walking out with my cat in a box. Right. But anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm getting through it and I appreciate the condolences. And uh, yeah, you know, that's kind of what the... Uh, you know, that's kind of what the whole point of the show is, is we look into that, you know, dripping void of human existence and try to find some kind of humor there. Yeah. You know, life fucking sucks. The abyss gazes back into me. Yeah, you know? Mm. Like, what well, was it Bill Hicks that said, you know, humans are a virus with shoes? And it's just kind of how it is. So we might as well laugh at it. But uh, I appreciate the call and thanks for the condolences. Uh, the third call came in from... Uh, Adam from Tokyo. He always wants us to call us by call him by some like kind of Japanese name that I can I, know, I can't remember that. Gaijin. Shit. Is it Gaijin? I don't know. That just means foreigner in Japan. In uh, Japanese, okay, all right. So, yeah. Round eye. Yo, second round. This is Adam calling from Tokyo. Sometimes I call in. I would prefer to be called Gaijin Hanzai, but you guys can't remember that name. Gaijin Hanzai, which is Gaijin Hanzai. As if we're gonna is. remember that. Is this one of these guys that doesn't like me? I, f I always lose. I could never keep track of. Him. I think this guy yeah. likes you. Okay. Anyways, first of all, uh, D man, heck you this. That shit sucks, dude. Uh, I know you love that cat, and also the the kids in the hall reference reference for us Canadians. I mean, it's such a funny <laughs> skit. That that is, is that is that where you got the name? That's actually a question I'd like to ask. Yes. Is the name oh, Hickey come from? He's got to say uh, some more, about, more than yes about this. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, do you listen to the, the beginning of last show? I did. I actually took the clip of uh, of where I got that name from. And it's from, uh, what was it called? The Simon Belmont's whatever is dark, like uh, magician show or evil show. I forget that. The Pit of Ultimate Darkness, I think, or The Pit of Ultimate Despair. Okay. It was just this skit from the Kids in the Hall, which was my favorite show when I was growing up, like in the 80s. Um, I actually got to see them live a couple of times. It's amazing. But uh, that was always my favorite skit where uh, Ken McDonald would conjure up manservant Hecubus, who was played by uh, David Foley. Hmm. And then uh, evil would transpire. But I remember like watching that, and uh, when I got that cat, I was like, uh, what's, you know, thinking of different names. And uh, that was the first name that came to mind was Hecubus. You, you know what's weird? Uh, last night, I had a dream yeah. where I got another sphinx cat but I, this was like years later i got another sphinx cat named hecubus 2 oh and then i had another one after that years later hecubus 3 and it was just like so it, it was it was weird like i had this cabinet with the ashes of all the other previous hecubuses yeah like it was just like my cat servant through the rest of my life isn't that just odd that is weird would yeah. you so you know I, I was thinking about that does that dishonor the pet to name another pet the same exact name um, it's it's kind of it odd. It shows a wild lack of creativity. That's for sure. Maybe, yeah. but I mean, I, I guess you know you could kind of mm. call it. Now it's Hecubus two. Mm. This one's Hecubus three. Okay. You know, if they look the same, 
But he, but you're supposed to name a cat or any animal based on their personality. Right. So I don't know if I would do that. But I did find it kind of alarming, like, that went through the ages to the point where I was like an old man. I had like six fucking urns yeah. for all the previous hackybuses <laughs> I had. Very strange. I, I've, I have night terrors a lot. Those are my, <laughs> those are my dreams. I actually had a dream the other night where I was a, I was a, um, I was a woman or a girl or something in the dream. And they were like, two that's people. not uncommon though. There were two guys now and they were like trying to, they had me in this car and they were trying to push me in this car. And this other guy was like blocking the door. Um, and I didn't want to, I wanted to get out of the car. Was it and Harvey Weinstein? It, yes, it, it was, was Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> it was just, stat, it was a living statue of Harvey Weinstein. No. And I like, and the, the guy was blocking the door. I just kind of like rushed at him, like attacked him. But there was like a girl in bed with me who I apparently attacked. Whoa! Yeah. Wait, in real life, in real a girl life, in bed that yeah, you like in my dream. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! It like, what did she do? She was just like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry, so sorry." I'm having a nightmare. <laughs> you know, like I, I mean, luckily I didn't like hurt. I was just kind of like, "Oh, I lunged at her or something." God. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a good thing that like you, you know, you didn't in your dream think you were spraying yeah. like pepper spray or mace on her, and then in real life you're actually pissing all over the girl. Yeah, I know. I mean that. That didn't happen, right? That didn't happen. Thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. yeah. I mean, I've had, that happens. Usually I just wake up screaming and sweating most of the time in my night terrors. But every now and then I'll think there's like a fucking raccoon and I'll be trying to kick it. And then I'll wake up and there's my cat or something, you know? <laughs> so that happens sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's always odd. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's a weird one. Anyway. Oh, but yeah, I did get the, the name the from the kids in the hall. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. That particular skin. Yeah. People, if you haven't watched kids in the hall, you should go check it out. It's a great mm -hmm. show. The whole skit because I love that skit, you know, you know, Bobby versus the devil and stuff. The kids in the hall stuff is always the best. Uh, but anyways, I'm from Japan. You remember, you know, I'm the guy who lives over here in Japan, and uh, I love the sketch about the story about the fish fucker. <laughs> so, uh, because I lived here for a really long time, I'm gonna do an impression which I think isn't racist because I do love Japanese people so much, it's not, it, it's not coming from a place of hate. But I'm going to do a guy who's fucking, uh, what was it, a monkfish? Or I forget. Some fucking anglerfish. Angler <laughs> he made a glove out of the fuck. You guys are hilarious. Okay, so here he is. He's like, mmm, oh, kimochi. Oh, kimochi. Oh, kimochi da. Oh, oh, oh. Look. Itai. 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 Okay, there it is. Finished. Okay. Very kawaii. And then, also, I wanted to say what's up to the, your Australian prison guard uh, homie who talked on the last episode was the funniest uh, uh, guest. Just maybe, I know Australian slang a little better than you guys, but that guy is hilarious. We need more contributions about Australian prisons. Please, bring it on. Let's hear more stories. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. Love you guys. Peace. Adam from Tokyo. Wow, that was a pretty good impression of an older Japanese man. That was good. W would that be considered racist? Probably. Maybe. But, but what, that, is, it? what was, is it these days? Yeah, you know? I was convinced so. That yeah, was yeah. like, I mean, that yeah. was like I was watching an old Godzilla movie where a guy's like fucking an anglerfish. Typical whitewashing. Yeah. yeah typical. Um, but yeah, that, that Aussie prison guard, though, yeah. that was hilarious. I, if you're listening right now, you should definitely yeah. call in with some more stories. Yeah, and also the guy who called before was talking about the fucking thing I 
uploaded the Patreon. The call we upload, we put on, we did on the last Patreon that came out last week. Which was that one? The third, the, like the thirty-minute-long call. Oh, oh, Jizzy Jake guy. about the bathtub. It's just it 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 just straddles the the realms of of, of stupidity and profundity. It's one of the greatest audio treasures. <laughs> That's ever come it's out a of very show. yeah, it's a very it's defining amazing. moment of singing yeah, around there. It's really amazing. Uh, but that, that's the thing, though. We so we get a lot of content here in yeah, the show, yeah. and only some mm-hmm. of it we you know we mm-hmm. play on the, uh, the 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 regular version of the show. But we get all this other stuff, and like this guy that called in the bathtub story, it was like a five part call. Yeah, we're never gonna play you know a twenty five minute call on the regular show. But that's the great thing about the Patreon page is you can put all the bonus stuff there. So definitely go check it out, people. I got a part two from Adam. From oh, part, Adam yeah, calls yeah, back, part yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. This is Adam from Tokyo again. And I was thinking, one of the comments I've had recently about your show is that those cats from Toronto who called you on their, their New Year's uh, whose dream Stanko. was to go to a Stanko. pizza hut or whatever the fuck on their <laughs> you know, dying wish. They are the worst example of Canadians, and I'm so happy I live on the opposite side of the globe not be anywhere near them. Uh-huh. Like, honestly, it's disgraceful to my country to hear these people like talk about being Canadians and go like, this, this level of stupidity. Like, we do have some smart people, so... You know, that's why I live in Tokyo, to get away from those fuckers. And, and if a Canadian ever comes off as superior to an American, they're being a dickhead. Because we have just as many yahoos as you do, just as many dickheads. And, you know, maybe we don't have as many shootings, but we, we still have a lot. And, we're, you know, don't ever let Canadians fucking come off of being some superior shit. Ah. Don't worry, I don't. Yeah, I was about know. to say, I can't remember the last time I ever felt the Canadian was superior to right, me. Right, right. <laughs> Although the kids in the hall, they're pretty superior. Mm-hmm. But the band Rush, hardly. Hardly superior to anything. Norm MacDonald. Uh, he's you know, great. He's, he's great. Good. Now that, you know, yeah. there's a lot of good things that come out of Canada. But yeah, yeah. Like, like everywhere, there's dickheads in Canada, and there's cool people in Canada, there's intelligent people in Canada. Right. I happen to actually enjoy Stanley Stanko's calls because they're pretty funny. They're really funny. Very bizarre. Yeah. Just very weird. And uh, what's the other? Captain Cockcheese? Captain Cockcheese. The whole thing is really weird. But I can understand being a Canadian, finding that embarrassing. And then like Dr. Dr. Sandy Tits or whatever whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah, The the whole thing is is bizarre. But I can understand um, Adam's sentiments there. So anyway. Well, thanks for calling in, man. Thanks for the condolences. People can call the sticker on hotline 323-522-4032. I know we just mentioned the Patreon page, but uh, that is the best way to support the show. And, you know, you're supporting the show, but you're also getting something in return. You're not just giving us money. I mean, we're, we're producing a lot of bonus content. Oh, yeah. And a lot of stuff that is just too long, you know, to play on the regular show, like uh, that Jizzy Jake's bathtub story. Or, you know, the other one, uh, my brother, my brother has a story about his current boyfriend that's hilarious. Oh, man. So that's something I'm not going to play on the regular show, but yeah. I'll reserve it for Patreon. So just go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong. And, uh, yeah, sign up today and you can get all that, uh, that, that bonus content. Uh, we're also selling Sick and Wrong merchandise at the Redbubble store, sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. Just click on the picture of the Pope, and uh, yeah, you can buy like a Sick and Wrong mouse pad or something. <laughs> uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. So this is funny. Um, the other day, I, uh, so last weekend, 
I was at a record store. And this song by Cardi B came on called right. Bloody Shoes. And I was yeah. listening to it. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. I, I'd never heard it before. I was like, this is actually kind of cool. Because most, most contemporary hip hop, I just can't feel any kind of connection to. I just mm. think it's terrible. Right. Like Migos and Lil Wayne, all, all of them that I don't even, Drake, whatever. I just, I can't listen to any of it. But I heard this song and I'm like, this kind of reminds me of like Missy Elliott or something. This, this shit can rap. I mean, it's kind of cool. I know who she was. Uh, but then someone at the store told me it was Cardi B. So the next day, I get into work, and I manage, one of the girls I manage is this, uh, she's like maybe 24, 24-year-old uh, black chick, um, really cool chick. I was, she was like, so, hey, how was your weekend? I was like, oh, it was pretty cool. You know, I, I discovered Cardi B this weekend. And she thought that was quite funny. She thought that was quite funny. That and uh, and she was like, well, "What song do you listen to?" I was like, "A song called Bloody Shoes," but I don't quite understand why the shoes are bloody. Mm. And she explained to me that there are some type of like shoe, expensive shoes that are red, called like Louboutins or something. Okay, I, I don't know. I didn't know about any sure. of this, but uh, you know, I obviously came across like you know, like an old Howard Stern type of Jew, just being like, "Yeah, yeah I heard this oh. music. I could really groove to it," <laughs> you know. And so uh, and she thought it was hilarious. Uh, that 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 um that be into this Cardi B, and so then she suggested that I check out another uh, artist, female uh, rap artist named Cupcake, and so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll check it out. I mean, I think this might be kind of cool. And so she uh, she was like, yeah, check out Cupcake. So I I did a search for Cupcake and found this song that we're about to play called Duck Duck Goose. It looks like it's pronounced Cupcake. <laughs> it does kind of look like okay. cupcake. So I, I, I'm mm. thinking it's cupcake, but it does yeah. does look like cupcake. It's a C U P C A K K E. Cupcake is where you come into a cup and then you throw the cum from the cup into somebody's face. That's that's cupcake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you incorporate that into space docking somehow? Yeah. Somebody. Oh my God. That's a whole other thing. Space cookie. That's when you freeze. Wait a minute. There was some debate about this. We, I'm sorry to, to, to delay this, but we got to get into this because I, 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 I guess I was mistaken about what space docking was. Somebody said, oh, no, that's when you freeze a turd and then fuck the frozen turd. And you're like, no, that's Icy Steve or something. No, it's an Icy Mike. It's an Icy Mike. Yeah. Well, you so, fuck someone with a dildo turd, like a frozen dildo turd. We'll never reach a consensus here, you know? <laughs> I don't know. You should just look, up yeah. a, look it up at Urban Dictionary. Yeah. Anyway, she suggests this, this, uh, this female artist named Cupcake. And now, after listening to this song, Duck, Duck, Goose, which Harrison's going to read a little uh, bit of the lyrics here, I don't know if she's fucking with me because I'm an old man who shouldn't be listening to this music at all or if she's seriously suggesting I might like it. But uh, So anyway, Harrison's going to read a little clip a little, a little verse from this, the cupcake song, Duck, Duck, Goose. Okay. I thought I came, but I peed on the dick. Pubic hair got inches, that's weave on the dick. Pussy like a tree, it got leaves on the shit. Bang, bang, this pussy, chief keef with the dick. Climbing on that dick, need a ten feet ladder. I love the D, that's my favorite letter my nudes in your phone taken up your data my cakes got fatter by using cum as the batter look down to your dick and tell him i won't disappoint it pussy on punishment if she miss a dick appointment sloppy toppy for poppy leave sloppy joe shook 
I only call you captain because your dick is off the hook. Excellent. That was brilliant. I should, I should cue in some applause. Yeah, like you applause really soundtrack there. Um, pause, like a little Flowers being thrown yeah. at me right now. <laughs> that was yeah. amazing. Mm. Anyway, this is what we're dealing with here. So I don't know if she's being serious. Like I, I might dig it, which I do kind of like it. Or she's fucking with me because I'm an old man that shouldn't be even listening to us. But anyway, we're going to end the show here with Cupcakes, Duck Duck Goose. Uh, people will be back next week with episode 625. Until then, take a sleazy. I thought I came, but I peed on a dick. Pubic hair got inches, that's weave on a dick. Pussy like a tree, it got leaves on this shit. Bang, bang, this pussy, cheap, keep with the dick. Climbing on that dick, need a 10 feet ladder. I love the D, that's my favorite ladder. My news in your phone, taking up your data. My cakes got better, bad use it, come as a batter. Look down to your dick and tell him I won't disappoint it. Pussy on punishment if she miss a dick appointment. Sloppy toppy for Poppy Lee, sloppy Joe shook. I only call you Captain cause your dick is off the hook. Your dick stand up Like Statue of Liberty Once we fall So hard Tap the head of the dick Duck, 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 goose Head of the dick Duck, 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 goose Get the dick up and running When he fuck this goose Covered in all my cum The dick be looking like a goose Head of the dick Duck, 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 goose Head of the dick Duck, 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 goose Get the dick up and running When he fuck this Covered in on my coming dick be looking like a goose Swat so wet you could take a cruise on it Sucking your neck till I leave a bruise on it Let you eat the pussy just don't use a spoon on it Put it in a box like you bout to move on it This that submarine pussy, Mr. Clean pussy This that I'm bout to fuck you longer than a limousine pussy High self-esteem pussy is a dream pussy If you're broke then a pussy acting funny like a mean pussy Easy bake oven and this pussy so similar Touching your head but ain't checking the temperature Got the dick on lock like a motherfucking prisoner Nut in my pussy hair that's deep conditioner I can't make your dick stand up Like Statue of Liberty once we fall So hard the head of the dick, duck, 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 goose Head of the dick, duck, 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 goose Get the dick up and running when he fuck this goose Covered in all my cum, the dick be looking like a goose Head of the dick, duck, 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 goose Head of the dick, duck, 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 goose Get the dick up and running when he fuck this goose Covered in all my cum, the dick be looking like a goose Cut the dick off, took it home with me Cause any dick that long, get belong with me This pussy iconic, get moan with me Put your finger in the hole, come bow with me Let me brush your pubic hairs while I suck on your cock Get all the cum out your dick, make it go out of stock Turn it into a Yeezy shirt when you rip off my top My box already small, it don't need to be cropped Turn double dutch with your balls while I'm jumping on your dick Tell your grandma so my pussy since you split open my slit Coochie guaranteed to put you to sleep so damn soon Riding on that dick, I'm reading goodnight moon Been the machine, been the machine Can't eat until it's money between, money between This pussy is a vending machine, vending machine Can't eat it till it's money between, money between Vending machine, vending machine Vending machine, vending machine Can't eat it till it's money between, money between This pussy is a vending machine, vending machine Lancey Poo just confessed that he would... Toss Jeffrey's salad, that's Jeffrey, our brother's salad, for $100,000. Just wanted to make sure that that was known to all. Lance wants to toss Jeffrey's salad and for $100,000 without a tongue condom. Have a nice night.